Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield. It's going to be an interesting show today. We're going to hit on what the setback is happening within this soybean complex, the grains as a whole, as we know the tie it has to the livestock. And we're going to have two guys that are going to dive into this cattle market as well. It's going to be an interesting conversation that you're not going to want to miss on this week's episode. Imagine a future fueled by soy-based possibilities. A future where creativity and productivity live together under one roof. A future that takes you from point A to point B to point Z, all while ensuring brighter tomorrows for our next generation. A soy-based future? It's already here. And welcome back once again. As you can see, joining me today is Kyle Bumstead. Kyle is with Allendale, and we've got Brad Coima. Brad is with Coima, Coima and Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. And gentlemen, before we even dive into the happenings of the market this week of the holiday trade that's been going on, I want your spin. What is your favorite Thanksgiving leftover sandwich? And Brad, I'm going to start with you. Yeah. So prime rib, I suppose, is off the table, right? Oh, uh, you can have leftover <laughs> prime rib, though I don't know who does. Uh, well, everybody knows me. I'm a beef guy, but we do. We will have turkey tomorrow. I saw I helped her lift it out of the fridge. It was a 23-pounder. So I, I, I'm going to have to say that whether it's my favorite or not, i got a feeling it's going to be a turkey sandwich leftover deal for me this weekend. All right, Kyle, for you? I'd say probably a ham sandwich, leftover bone-in ham sandwich. <laughs> Well, it's kind of funny because a recent survey found that more than 94% of respondents dine on Thanksgiving leftover sandwiches, whether they mix the stuffing with the cranberries, with the gran uh, with the gravy, and they mash it into a sandwich. For me personally, it's a baked bean sandwich, but that's for a whole nother show. Don't be making funny eyes at me, Brad. We'll talk about that in another episode, but we've got a lot to dive into. Speaking of beans... Uh, that's where we got to start. Let's look at what happened with this soybean market. It's definitely been on the struggle bus this week and some setbacks in the trade. Uh, Brad, I'll start with you. Give me your spin on what you saw in these soybeans. Well, <clears throat> to me, the, the, the maybe where you start on the bean thing is to back up here a little bit, a couple of months where, you know, everybody in the trade said, okay, they planted the snot out of it, right? I mean, they were incentivized to plant big, big acres because of the big prices here we had because of the dry summer. And 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 they did. And, and it looked like they had the, every potential to raise a record crop. So as that got built into the market, um, now any aberration from that um, changes it, you know? So um, the, 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 you know, chasing down the weather is not an easy task when it's that far away. Uh, but, you know, we put a little bit of weather risk in here because of that, I think. Uh, you know, if it wouldn't have been that we were so uh, sure that we were going to raise this monster crop, we probably wouldn't be getting quite this mileage out of this early, worried about, uh, you know, a little bit of dryness, at least in parts of Brazil. So I think that set it up. Uh, and, and and then from there, we'll just have to deal with the weather moving forward. What about for you, Kyle? I mean, there's a lot of factors also setting to this setback. What are you seeing for these soybeans? Well, I'd have to agree with Brad there about the weather in South America. But uh, one of the things that comes to the forefront of mind here uh, a month ago, uh, the questions were, what do I do? Do I store my beans? Do I sell my beans? store my beans, but I sell my beans. Well, there was a fair amount of carry out there January to March, even Nob to Jan at the time. And and uh, most guys sell beans right off the combine because it really doesn't, you know, doesn't doesn't always pay to store soybeans. And uh, sometimes it simple as uh, when the farmer doesn't have control of it, the market can go up. And the market did go up. We were out about $1.30 on soybeans. 
And now uh, here recently, you know, we're starting to see this meal market's been really pushing this thing up here uh, because of those weather issues in South America, Argentina in particular. And uh, kind of been a pattern where we rallied the first couple of days of the week and then maybe just kind of traded sideways to maybe lower towards the end of the week. And it looks like that's kind of the same pattern that we're following here this week on the short holiday week. So is corn just kind of off doing its own thing and just kind of going with the flow of this market trade? Yeah, I would say so. Corn's kind of putting on uh, uh, putting on its uh, long putting on its cap for a long winter's nap. The way it looks to me, you're trading March corn from about 480 to 495, and that's a range in there that some guys are trading, and that's about what it is. We 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 I, I don't really see us having a huge rally in corn, but I don't see us having a major setback either, unless we start to get more rains in South America, and that starts to uh, you know improve their crop conditions down there. You bring up an interesting point, Kyle. And you know, Brad. I mean, the the country of Brazil is huge, and I think people forget. Uh, the size of what it is and, and the variation that they're seeing in weather. But there sure has been a lot of chatter about beans getting in the ground late and how that's going to affect this Safrina corn crop later in February. 100%. And, and you know, I, I can't help it. <clears throat> I can't help but revert to my old sarcastic self and say, I mean, are you kidding? How can you tell if it's raining? I can't even tell if it rained in Iowa and I live in Iowa when you're in the middle of the drought, right? You know, so it seems like it seems like they're getting plenty of mileage out of, uh, you know, it's too wet there, and but it's too dry there. But I, I think to Kyle's point about the soybean meal, I think he makes an excellent one. And I'm going to back up just a step or two because I think it relates to corn too. Um, I agree. I don't, if, if they're going to wreck the corn market from here, it seems like they would already done it. Okay. The crop was better than we thought. It is what it is. Okay. We know the basis is horrible in the Dakotas. And, and, and so now what's next? You know, if, if, the, if the market performs its function price, we should be able to sell a lot more 450 corn than 650 corn, right? Um, and, and why? So here, here's my hook to the meal. What about China? Their hog price is 41% less than a year ago. Is that because they got hogs? Probably. Uh, you know, are they probably through that whole phase of low productivity after low productivity is high productivity, right? So maybe they've got something to feed. I, I think it wouldn't hurt us to keep one eye on meal and corn exports as they relate to China, just in case they need to feed that hog herd a little bit. That's that's my hope. But to say that we can run away on the corn thing, you know, 25 cents comes first. Uh, we're just stuck here. Wheat is a big problem. World's full of wheat, right? Um, and and, and that's, just, that's a drag on the corn as well. All right. Got the grains. I want to talk about this cattle. I got both of you who have a have a passion for this cattle market and to kind of dive into your thoughts because it's been an interesting week. And then Brad, you and I talked earlier about these middle meat cuts. Is that going to be the, the saving grace for this cattle market heading into the month of December? For some reason, the the the, the guys that are bearish, uh, they like to dwell a lot about demand. And I kind of smile at that because there is really a very hard what would you measure demand? Okay. It's a non-storable perishable commodity to measure demand is how much of this stuff can we sell at how high a price? So I'm tired of these people saying like, God, these stakes are high. Good. Cause because we can sell them high that that means that's how good the demand is. If you got to advertise a free ham when you buy a Turkey, like one of the chains is doing around here. Holy moly. I mean, you don't have much to advertise then in my opinion. So when I hear that the demand is picking up for the middle meats going into the holidays, that I think that's very encouraging. I, you know, if if demand suddenly hits a wall, okay, fine, you can you can make your argument, but I don't see it. I I, I mean, why did we kill 127,000 today? Why are the Packers killing this Saturday? A couple of majors are in next Saturday. I mean, if this thing's such a wreck, I I, I don't know. 
maybe I'm getting off off topic here, but I think demand is all right. It's we lost a little leverage here in the last uh, month or so, and, and that's what happened. But uh, I think the guts of the market are just fine. What's your thoughts, Kyle? Well, I think Brad hit right there. We lost a little bit of leverage here on this, and when we look at that. A lot of the anticipation was higher cash. This is a time of year that cash should be making new highs. We typically make our highs for the for the year in cash at the end of the fourth quarter in this December time frame. You know, last few weeks of December, first part of January of uh, the following year is when the highs are made and then we set back. But with this basis that we have here, we've got uh, trading 176.78 out there and we're trading forward at 174, 175. That says to the edger says, well, look at that. I'm picking up on the head up in the cash market too i'm going to grab that basis while i can i think that's kind of skewed things here and trying to price in this board that's the way they're acting and i know uh these commercials still have a sizable they still have some sizable length in the complex and if they want to pull it out they 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 may choose to do so but uh i'm with brad on this one starting to see that uh, pickup in the middle meets that is a good sign and the only the only caveat i have to that is every day you hear about more credit card debt and so those are definitely some things that need to be watched along with this demand situation. So how is, how is the grade then for cattle right now? Well, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a product that, that a lot of people are feeding that that's affecting the grade. And I want to, you know, in case somebody doesn't know that I'm aware of that, I'm well aware of it. Okay. Um, but if, if I, I gotta, I gotta believe what I believe, you know, when I look at the, the grade in Texas, for instance, and so they got 177 today and I got 178 and the choice select spreads 30 bucks. And their their choice and select grade last week was sixty three point eight, and Iowa's is probably ninety two. I mean, there's something wrong with that picture. But the fact that that grade is so poor would tell me that you know anybody that's going to give me a story that they're really way 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 backed up that we you know slowed the turnover rate too much. I I, I don't buy it. I, I and, and from just an anecdotal or or my own subjective opinion around here. In northern Iowa, southwest Minnesota, South Dakota corner, the northeast corner of Nebraska that I'm very familiar with, nobody's fighting the market. Uh, the key is going to be when you get to these 190 break-evens on these high-priced deer lots. And if we're still here with 450 corn, that's when we've got to, you better buckle up. I mean, we better make sure that we stay current through that. That's going to be a tall task. That's what worries me. That's not today's program. That's the program eight weeks from now. But that's, to me, the... That's the that's the big big you know grill in the closet. What do you think, Kyle? Well, I think Brad hit the hit the nail on the head there with his 190 break evens just around the corner because I know a lot of cattle that uh, were supposed to be coming off this February and April board break even at that 190 to 195 area with the price of these yearlings that went in the yard and even some calves are getting kind of high price too. I mean, you're talking $2,500 a head for calves going there and. and Got a lot of you got a lot of risk with that uh, little critter out there. Granted, you've got time with that smaller animal, and I will give it that. That's why some of those are bringing more money. But this just kind of goes to show us, as far as risk management goes, the volatility was so cheap. It's still cheap in the live cattle options. So if a person, a feeder feeder cattle options recently have gotten some more volatility into it, I will give it that. Recently, here after this massive drop and a few swings that we've had, we have seen some volatility come back into the in the live cattle as well. But you know, you can play this thing from both sides with a cheap risk. Uh, with with a known risk, I guess. Well, gentlemen, I hate to say this, but we have run out of time. Uh, wishing, I know, we could go for at least another 45 minutes, don't you think? I appreciate both of you guys taking some time to talk to us as we head into this Thanksgiving holiday. You're very welcome. I enjoy spending some time here with Kyle, and of course, you always as well. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Thank all right. you.
Brad. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. And that's this week's Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup.